Steve and I am joined by Kevin and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high concept time travel film Tenet. We are doing a minute by minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team moving forward through the film and Kevin is on the blue team traveling in reverse. How are you Kevin? I I am good. I just noticed your audio just changed. Are you on the right microphone? I don't know. Um... (laughs) Am I? Uh oh. I don't know what microphone I'm on. It, it yeah. like, it just changed. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, should I? Well, hold on a second. Can you okay. hear me well, better now? Yes. Is it? Does it sound okay? Can it we sounds. It sounds like okay. This? Yes. Okay. So I don't know why. <laughs> But the second I hit the record button, this thing changed. So I'm going to just sit awkwardly like this for the next 25 minutes. Okay, Um, we'll get through it. Yeah, that actually works out well because I don't know if you noticed that I was reading the intro kind of backwards. The microphone was blocking my intro script and uh, I was struggling to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a very tenant thing. (laughs) That is a very tenant thing. Um, We'll get it right the next time. Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I mean the next the next pass. Anyway, that was a bad tenant joke. How you doing? I'm good. Okay, so we're in it. Um, I wanted to ask you: Do you watch The Bear, the TV show? Um, I've heard about it. My, I think my wife was telling me about it, and she was telling me that it's getting good reviews, and we should watch. Which means you I should. probably will watch it. I should. Okay. Two seasons. Uh, both are amazing. Um, right, anyway, there's a character in it who's constantly quoting very obscure references to movies. Yes. And I just saw an episode where we saw inside his apartment. He has a white squall poster <laughs> that was fully in frame. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about that very obscure Ridley Scott movie being good. <laughs> That's so funny. That's really funny. All right. Like, I love the fact, like random movie quotes or references are like my, some of my favorite things. I work with a guy who very commonly will just like quote like a nineties action movie, like Con Air or the rock. Oh yeah. And, this uh, is, that, that's ma- this guy in the film <laughs> or in the it TV makes show. My, it's, it's, it makes my day when I hear it. So uh, <clears throat> there's another thing where the, he had to give a password over the phone and he gives the password and it's such an obscure reference to a weird movie. I was <laughs> really got me. <laughs> I love it. That's um, awesome. Uh, so, okay. We talked about Ridley Scott and in there we've invoked his brother, Tony, the late Tony Scott, his younger brother, uh, since deceased, uh, being a great filmmaker. And we, uh, we wanted to do a quick rundown of our favorite Tony Scott films. Uh, so you looked this up because you were a little f- uh, fuzzy on what his movies were, right? I was until you showed me the list. And then I was like, oh, wow. Like these are some of these are really good movies and uh, others are not. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I would say like none of them, maybe one or two. Like actually none of them really compared to his brother's like top five. But he's made some good films. <laughs> I well, 
Maybe I think some of them are actually are, are worthy of being being up there. But let's let's. Go I don't know. It. Better than uh, Gladiator and uh, no. Alien. I you know he's never like no. Top Gun would be his big one. So let's do. It's his most acclaimed, but I don't think it's his best. Yeah. No, anyway, I don't think so either. Uh, it's not my number one. No, it's not. It's it's the number one on the list you shared, but it's not my number one. Also, again, I have to admit, I have not seen them all for mm-hmm. sure, um, but I've seen at least half. I've so I've seen all but two. Okay, and so I can kind of. So if you want me to do the going down? I'll do my top five going down, and you'll critique me. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'd like to scrutinize your picks. I think I, I think I'm better at that anyway. So let's do yeah. that. Okay. Uh, top uh, number five. Crimson Tide. You're putting that number five? Yes. Okay. Uh, he works with like Denzel it. a lot, and this was... He does. This is a definitive like Denzel Washington. <laughs> I'm happy. Movie. All right. I'm happy. I'm happy you put it in your top five. I am. <laughs> I'm legitimately happy. I wish it was a little higher on your list. Okay. I'm okay. just... I guess I'll, I'll be grateful that it made your top five. Okay. The next one is probably controversial. Again, a Denzel is highly in this top five. Uh, the next one is unstoppable. I didn't see unstoppable. It is a delight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I think I saw Pelham one, two, three, which I'm trying to understand is, is a different movie than unstoppable. It, it's another train movie. <laughs> <laughs> that one's really low on my list, probably only because of it's a remake. And I kind of okay. like the, you know, I, I, I knew the original first. So it's hard to really like that one. But I think this is the better train movie. Uh, Chris Pine okay. and Denzel. Denzel is the old grizzled train conductor. Chris Pine is the rookie. And they got to stop a runaway train. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. That's fair. Okay. Uh, number three, Man on Fire. Okay. Have you seen that? I don't think I did. I remember oh, it wow. very well, but I don't think I saw it. Yeah, again, another Denzel. It's just a, it's a, just a straight up action movie, but it has a great opening kind of premise, where Denzel is kind of like a washed up soldier who becomes a bodyguard for a Mexican cartel guy, and he has to watch his daughter, who's decoding Fanning, and then okay. she gets kidnapped, and he has to like murder his way through Mexico to find her. Okay. I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. I like the premise. It feels like a couple, a couple of movies combined into one. Yeah. It could be any action movie, but it's a a, a very memorable one. Okay. Then we get into, uh, I think number two is Top Gun. I do think definitively that is his most well-known movie. For sure. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to not have Top Gun in the top three for sure. So I mean, I that's, that's his legacy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. And so number, number one, one. I'm, I'm wondering what if you've seen this one, True Romance. No, no, that's not, so. That's one of the ones on the list that I have not seen. So I it, the story behind this one is it's a Quentin Tarantino script. It was one of the first scripts he wrote. He wrote this in Reservoir Dogs. Uh, and I believe the Scots wanted to buy both of the scripts, but he's, he sold them true romance in order to finance the making of Reservoir Dogs himself. 
So it is a Quentin Tarantino dialogue uh, directed by uh, Tony Scott, which is and a cavalcade of great stars. I'm looking at the cast. It's wild. Like Christian Slater, who in 1993 (laughs) was the shit, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, But then, you know, Patricia Arquette, Gary Oldman, Dennis Hopper, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, Val Kilmer. Like it's it's insane. That's a killer. That's a killer cast. Yeah, it's like a weird mix of like everybody who was popular in the 80s in main roles and then everybody who will become the big movie star in the next five years. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm feeling motivated. It's also just like pretty highly rated on uh, like the IMDb, which I, I take with a grain of salt and Rotten Tomatoes, uh, highly rated. So, all right, I uh, I kind of want to watch this. Yeah. And then I think the you can't really go bad with any of his other big hits, I think. Uh, just shouting so out. The one, some, yeah. What's the a one, big one you you would put number one? Uh, number one. Oh, man. Um, I mean, like, honestly, like I put Crimson Tide kind of up there. I think it's yeah. I think it's an underrated movie. I really do. Actually, I think it's uh, it's a good mix of like this like philosophical dilemma, right? Um, yeah. It's where it's also, we place trust with nuclear weapons. <laughs> and it's also comes down to this guy's just racist. That's why this is going on. Like, <laughs> Do you think it's racist? It's very, it's, it's implied very much, especially towards the end that it's just. <laughs> yeah. But I, the, I, it's, I, I know there's other stuff going on in the, the script, but it also comes down to uh, uh, race plays an important part in the command of that ship. <laughs> also like a sneaky good cast, by the way. Uh, yes. Because, you know, Gene Hackman, Denzel Washington, obviously legends. Um, James Gandolfini's in it. Um, oh, I have to rewatch and this. What's his, and what's his name from uh, Lord of Ego the Ego Mortensen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, he's in it. So like, and plays a pretty crucial role. I think there's some other big names in it, but like, I think it's a highly underrated movie and I think it's super good. And I might put that, I might literally put that like number one or two. And then Top Gun Mm. is the other one, right? Top Gun's also very good. I can't, I can't say anything bad about Top Gun. Super good. Uh, Another movie I'd put on my top five, uh, Enemy of the State, which also has a super good cast. Another Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman, right? Will Smith is kind of in the Denzel role in that film. Yeah, yeah. Um, He might slap some people. Who knows? Um, (laughs) It's very much like a a man who knew too much situation. I do like that movie. But like also just like a really good precursor to like today, right? Because that movie was made in like 1998. Oh, it's a great movie for old technology, like flip phones and stuff. Yeah. But like, but I think it still holds up pretty well. So... Uh, I don't know, man. I think that's a super good movie. Also, again, good cast. I think like Jack Black is in it. Uh, Tom Sizemore. Yeah. yeah. Jack great Black, movie. I know, shows up. Spy Games, I'll also throw out there, is just another really well-made movie. Um, and the other thing I'll throw out is I think he's made one of the best worst movies ever, which is The Last Boy Scout, which I, I yeah. put in that category. It's so terrible. It's entertaining. <laughs> In the in the inverted sense, it is so bad. <laughs> as far as it's, it's, good. it's definitely like it's one of the first like rated R movies I saw, actually. Really? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm probably like way too young in age. Um, but yeah, Crimson Tide, I think, is like was the first rated R movie I saw in the movie theater, if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, Maybe, and that's maybe that adds some bias to it. Um, Just also want to throw out there. The fan is not a good movie. No, maybe the worst movie on this list. That's rated Um, right above the last boy scout for me. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I, like I would watch the last boy scout again, maybe multiple times again. That's why it was hard. It's hard to put that into a top 10 because I'm like, (laughs) I've seen this like 10 times and I love it, but it's a terrible movie. But in all regards, do you want to watch the fan again? No, but I I have. (laughs) I remember I remember having to force myself to finish it. Be like, all right, where is this going? (laughs) Like, it's like I don't it was homework at some point. And just just briefly, Domino is a fabulous movie that I saw on opening night with my wife and she hated me for it. Uh, I want to. I've heard great things about Domino, and I feel like, yeah, I need to see that one. It's almost in the in the Blast Boy Scout territory of being. Oh, uh, really? Almost. It's okay. Yeah, parts of it are like that. It takes weird turns. He also did a Beverly Hills Cop, which I think is the more actiony one. The second one. Okay. Um, which is the less funny one, but Beverly Hills Cop movies are so wild. <laughs> the first, uh, yeah, the first one's great. Uh, the first one's the first one's a great comedy. The second one's more of an action movie, and the third one's like a kids movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever seen two and three. To be fair, so I can't even I can't even critique his his iteration of uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Hmm. Um, I also never saw Days of Thunder, but it's not rated very highly on this list. I've seen that a lot. I don't like that movie, but it I, I would love it if Tony Scott and Tom Cruise kept making the kept making Top Gun, but putting Tom Cruise in a different vehicle, because that's what <laughs> Days of Thunder is. It is Top Gun in a race car, and I wish they would have like just kept that premise going. <laughs> like, put him on a submarine. Put him on a you know I don't know how many more vehicles are there. Yeah. Put put him in a spacecraft. It's that uh, you could just keep doing that premise over and over again. All right. Well. All right. We did it. We're running out of time. We have two minutes of uh, Tenet to get through here. Yes, that's um, right. Not not the most exciting minutes, I think, on both sides. And that's why we led with some Tony Scott stuff. Yeah, so. had some fun. Thanks for listening. Uh, let's <laughs> hop into it. Uh, I am at, I'm on the red team, moving forward, at minute marker 105.21 to 106.21. Uh, last week we left off with the helicopter approaching the yacht. It lands. Sater's watching from a balcony through, uh, watching from a balcony through some binoculars and his team starts to approach the helicopter. And, uh, that brings us right to the start of my minute this week. So Sater's team approaches. Sater's watching from above. Uh, and then at first glance, they pull out what almost looks like a stretcher out of the Mm -hmm. back of the, the helicopter. We're so far away. We don't really see what's happening. Um, but it's not on wheels and it looks really heavy because there's a lot of guys holding this thing up. Uh, we cut to the protagonist who has like the same viewpoint that we're seeing and we can't really make out what this is. He's watching from a window, but he can't really make it out. So he starts he starts to move. He moves quickly away from that window. We cut to Seder. He starts walking away from his vantage point and hands the binoculars in the most, you know, like jerk Aggressive. way to yeah. walk off. <laughs> yeah, like, like, get this out of my hands. <laughs> um and uh, he starts moving. We cut back to the protagonist. He's walking down some stairs to the side of the yacht. He uh, he starts doing like his spy moves. This is very like James Bond spy-esque. Like, mm-hmm. He looks around the corner. There's a guy walking away. He's got to wait for the guy to pass before he can enter the <laughs> enter the, the deck of the boat. 
and start, you know, sneaking around. He sneaks around the corner and he hears Volkov, by the way. And the only reason I know it's Volkov is because the subtitles say Volkov speaking in Russian. But <laughs> confirms Volkov has another line. <laughs> another line, yeah. It's an under five, line. as they call yeah. it in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> under five. So uh, as soon as we hear Volkov speaking, he like like uh, scurries around this thing. He hides behind it. I think it's like a raft or whatever. He's looking around. He sees a door and he opens up the door and goes in, the protagonist. Um, and then we cut back to Seder's team. They're closer now. And now you can see they're holding up a capsule. Right? And it's the same type of capsule that we saw in Seder's flashback of what Seder uncovered from the Earth back in his hometown. Um, so the team is carrying this very heavy capsule. They put it down. Seder is very close behind. Um, and then we cut to the protagonist in his new room. I don't really, he's like in like a, a mechanics room or something. Um, but he's got a window with a much closer viewpoint now. And he's watching very intensely. Mm -hmm. Almost at the end of my minute already. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. A lot of, lot of just moving around, huh? It is just a lot of moving around, a lot of fast cuts, um, and a lot of, you know, close up on intense faces. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the capsule gets opened up. The Seder, uh, is right there and he starts picking things out. There's like these little, little like safe deposit boxes looking things inside mm -hmm. the capsule and he starts moving them around and he opens one up and he puts his hand out. And gold starts flying into his hand. So we've got some inverted gold, um, mm. which also I think confirmed I, you, you have a lot more like interesting theories on the gold than I do. I think the gold is just being streamed back to him. And this is the latest packet in that stream. But why would it was the original, I guess the original goal would have to be inverted too. Yeah. Yeah, all I think all the gold is always inverted as it comes back to him. But like this gold is no doubt inverted because otherwise he wouldn't be able to manipulate it that way. Um, actually, and that's it. My minute ends one oh six twenty one with gold flying into his hand. Ah, so the gold is inverted. I I want to know in your next minute is the gold bar that he smacks somebody with inverted. Um, I know why you think that. Yeah. That's a great question. <laughs> because is that other piece that was stolen, not, did that not get inverted or something like that? And that's maybe why this is such a problem for Seder. It's a great question. Uh, and it, it brings us back to just the, uh, how inverted objects get manipulated, but mm -hmm. Let's pause there. We've only got seven minutes left of tape. <laughs> okay. And you. Okay. I, I was, was going to mention something about Volkov, but I'll just get to my minute here. Uh, yeah. We joined my minute already in progress. <laughs> Our chase already in progress. And one hour, 18 minutes, 21 seconds. We are inside uh, the BMW with Neil and the protagonist. Uh, the protagonist is holding the orange case, the 241. And um, Neil is listening in on the radio traffic. Nothing alarming going on yet with the radio traffic. But the protagonist finally unlocks the orange case. He opens it up. It's kind of like the reveal moment, almost if we got to see like the case in the Pulp Fiction. But we, you know, in this, we get to see what's inside. And the protagonist says, I've seen every encapsulation in every weapons class. This is not one of them. And then 
Neil quickly goes, it's what he's after. <laughs> and then they start hearing the radio uh, chatter. And Neil states, uh, I can't understand this. Protagonist says, you said you spoke Estonian. And then Neil says, it's not Estonian. It's backwards. Um, and that's when the, the the music really ramps up and we see the Audi driving backwards, weaving backwards through traffic moving forward while it's driving backwards. Uh, and as it gets closer and closer, we cut to the image of the broken um, passenger side uh, mirror that heals itself as the uh, Audi SUV swings wildly past uh, the BMW. In the script, it says, Neil says, the hell? But I, 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 I listened carefully, and I did not hear that in the, <laughs> in the film. Um, but then they, uh, the Audi reverses itself, kind of goes in the butt-to-butt formation that I described last week, where it goes rear bumper to rear bumper, chasing the BMW down the road, because the inverted car can only drive backwards <laughs> i'm not well no if, if it goes in reverse it's driving it forward, forward. Uh, i'm unsure why the butt-to-butt maneuver is necessary if the other vehicle is inverted but the driver isn't do you understand that no when you put it that way i don't understand at all um because if it's well it's 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 no. it's technically would be in if the driver's inverted, the car's inverted, put yourself in the Audi that's in the chase scene. It should be the other way around in my mind. It should be bump, front bumper to front bumper. Because to the Audi, the BMW is just driving backwards. Like everything in the world is going backwards. So they're chasing it going forwards. But instead... They got in front of it for some reason. You understand? No, I'm trying to. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying really. Oh, you hard. can't see my hands. I'm just noticing. Oh, <laughs> uh, I wasn't even looking. I, my eyes are closed. Yeah, I know I'm you can't. I didn't. Really, like, I had something else up and didn't have the screen up, and I forgot you couldn't I'm sorry. see the, the screen anymore. I wasn't. I'm just like I'm trying to figure it out in my head, like what. Like the mechanics of this of this scene and it's it's a struggle like and like you got to think about it from at least one person's perspective right and i I always feel like it's easier to think about these things from the inverted perspective right if i'm inverted and i'm driving this car the audi all these other cars are coming at me no they're going they're going away from you oh they're going away from you oh they're going backwards right from your perspective they're going backwards so they're going so look at my hands well, yeah, then I guess you do want to get on the tail end of the car. To try and stop it? Maybe. Is that what the butt-to-butt maneuver is all about? I'd like to call it the uh, the Requiem for a Dream the bu- position. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you're... <laughs> That's what they were saying in Estonian. We're going to pull a requiem for a dream on this BMW. Um, 
The guy's like, I get that reference. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Conley. Uh, <laughs> what a performance. Um, so this is, and I fulfilling my own prophecy of uh, <laughs> old movie references. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think it looks, yeah, it looks confusing. And I think that's why it's in the movie, but I, I I'm kind of running out of steam trying to wrap my head around all these moving parts. Uh, in what, here. what do our listeners think? Let us know. Oh, please, please do. reach out to us. Uh, it's a great point. It's a great question, but yeah, maybe, maybe it does make sense. Cause it's like, like if you're chasing a car down, you want to get on its bumper, right? You'd want to get in front of its path of motion. Right. And that's what they're doing. That is what they're doing. Unless you consider the fact that they were the ones that put the, okay, whatever. I don't know. Well, <laughs> it's, you know what? Thank you all yeah. for listening to the thanks. Tenet yeah. Podcast. Thanks. <laughs> if you enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow rate and review on whatever service you found us on. And rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. And until then, We'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friends.